Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey man, here's Surprise. Nick Ritchie. <laughs> uh, excuse like... me, that's that's Arizona Coyote. Yeah, uh, Nick Ritchie. So that that's that's how good David Krejci was. He made Nick Ritchie look good enough yeah. to sign with the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> following Still an undercover agent, Big Fudge. That's just that yeah. was all part of the plan. <laughs> all right ladies and gentlemen good evening it was almost a lost episode fucking god but we found oh. it but you thank lost you that incredible to, intro thank you to cat silverman uh yeah welcome to bruise and bruins season three episode 43 we got 45. me cam drew in the house and we've got cat oh. who just saved our episode and just saved Chanel from having her third or fourth episode not make that it would to be air. Her fourth. Um, oh my god! I think that would be her Joker origin story, and you the, guys would we, deserve we whatever happened to you. We truly would not deserve to ever have Chanel back on this podcast. I think we already yeah, did. That, that, that time passed a while ago. I'm pretty sure. There's like some Stockholm syndrome shit going on here with Chanel. I don't know why she keeps right. hanging out with us, but good Chanel, Lord. do you have any words for for us on this topic? She's, she's <laughs> gonna hold off right now. She's she's gonna Probably watch. Better. Um, we were we were talking before the show about uh, whether we might need a lawyer at some point, and I'm pretty sure Chanel is keeping her silence because she knows she would need a lawyer if she opened her mouth <laughs> toward us right now. Yeah, so, I think keeping, a lawyer would get. I think a lawyer would get her off on whatever charge was arisen from what she would yeah do i think it's called justifiable guys. homicide um <laughs> yeah no i, yeah, I think chanel's, like chanel's maintaining plausible deniability here <laughs> yeah good that's good. Uh, there's no way you can prove that chanel was on this episode if she never speaks <laughs> <laughs> all right cam let's go back to what we were doing yeah all right let's uh, talk about, about this beer, beer. <laughs> yeah i already told you about this beer i'm gonna tell you about it again for the people Lone Pine Brewing, one of my favorite breweries in Portland, has a crossover series with the Holy Donut, which is a potato donut bakery uh, chain around here. This is a fresh lemon glaze sour ale, uh, obviously modeled after the fresh lemon glaze donut by the Holy Donut. Sour ale with lemon zest, donuts, lemon puree, vanilla extract, and lactose. I'm going to tell you right up, this will not pass the Drew test. It is light and crispy, but... You certainly cannot see Drew through this beer. 
Uh, as far as taste goes, I mean, this is pretty much as sour as sour gets. It tastes kind of like lemonade, to be honest with you. Um, definitely higher on the lemon zestiness than it is on like the vanilla. Uh, but it is good if you're into like really sour sweet shit like lemonade. Uh, drinkability pretty low because it is it is sour. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give it like a six for drinkability. Taste 37 easily. I mean, this thing is exploding in your mouth for sure. So some is it a between the legs 360, 360 windmill? windmill? Yeah, obviously, <laughs> of course. Uh, so yeah, holy donut. Well, Lone Pine Brewing, really. That's some good shit. Check them out. If you're ever in Portland, text me and Drew or DM us. We had a one of our favorite listeners hit us up this week saying he was in Portland. Shout out Sean Rajat, which did we he, think we've clarified. I, I didn't I didn't want to like I figured he would bring it up. <laughs> you know, if he wanted Fair. it to be known. So I, I feel like Fair. you're probably right that it Drew's was Rajat. waving around whatever he's drinking in front of the camera. Okay, so Drew? let's let's go with that. Yeah, I'm great. Oh, it's a Vizzy, um, baby. Let's go. Yeah, Vizzy. Well, I had actually never like heard of these, but we found them, Julia and I, at the Hannaford's in Bridgeton, Maine. So anyone out that way, <laughs> if you happen to be from there, you can get this. Um, so yeah, it's a hard seltzer. Uh, this one is called Hint of Blueberry Pomegranate. Um, and it's got some vitamin C. You know, that's great. This is healthy. Um, yeah, I don't know. Drinkability, pretty easy to drink. This flavor, not really my favorite. You can certainly taste it. Uh, so taste, uh, tasteability, I'm going to give a 37. Um, but yeah, drinkability, given this flavor, I'm going to say 18 because I don't like it that much. But I've had some of the other ones and they're pretty good. So check them out. <laughs> we're now sponsored by Fizzy. Uh, do you want to lead off? Or you want me sure. to go for it? It's uh, it's from Texas. So, uh, Chris and I both have Ranch Water Hard Seltzer. Um, it is from. Uh, it says its roots are in Far West Texas. Uh, Ranch Water, for those who like us had not heard of it before, um, is an agave based drink. It's agave uh, lime juice and. Uh, like hard seltzer. Um, it is uh, 4% alcohol. It says that this particular brewing company, Lone River Brewing, is uh, based out of Houston, which is pretty cool. Um, shouts to, to Houston, Texas. Um, uh, let me, I have the prickly pear. Chris has the spicy one, which Godspeed <laughs> after the day he's had. Um, okay. Um, so obviously not a beer um pretty subtle hint of prickly pear there it's not cloyingly sweet um you can you can taste the agave in that pretty pretty heavily for something that's a canned mixed drink um uh not like i said not too cloyingly sweet but not too too dry either seems like seems like it's reasonably drink um for what it is not something i'd want to pound um although rusty featherstone elite tiktoker who housed an eight pack of uh or no it was a 12 pack it was a case of four loco during a video once um is the one who first introduced us to ranch water um and he he drank 12 of them without dying so i guess you could uh i'd say drinkability is probably like a solid 25 
Um, tasteability, it's not, it's a hard seltzer. Those are usually little, little less, little lighter tasting than a, than a quality beer. Um, I'm going to put it at like a 16, I'd okay. say. Yeah, what I got going on is a little different in terms of the rating scale, just because of the spicy. Spicy. Um, yeah, yeah, don't don't put me down for the spicy. So yeah, I, I know Cat is pretty opposed to jalapeno things, yeah. and this is uh, agave, lime juice, and jalapeno. Cam um, and I have identical tastes. It seems we were I, noted blueberry sluts who don't like jalapeno. Yeah, yeah I don't. I don't love jalapeno in drinks. I think occasionally something with like cucumber and jalapeno can work. This isn't really my speed, but we're gonna give it a go. I like jalapeno in food, like I'll you know throw in some tacos and I'm all about it. But not. I will be honest, but it's like the spice of it is not terribly forward, but it is feeling pretty bad in my stomach. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get some That's spicy good. alcohol. It's just not well, a combination yeah, it's, for success. It's, just, I feel like. it's not a thing that I'm enjoying, <laughs> but I, but I did I did really want to you know have this on air. Otherwise, yeah. you know what the what's the point? Like the white pumpkin um, ale. Yeah. I mean, I I assumed so. I bought us a a variety pack of this particular brand because it was either get the traditional one or get the variety. And I assumed that the spicy would go to a fellow THPN podcast host, a friend of this pod and roommate of me, uh, Richie Flores, <laughs> who once ate a pepper flavored piece of chocolate it was the ghost pepper yeah white the ghost chocolate pepper challenge. chocolate um so i figured Black he would challenge. drink those and imagine my surprise when chris pulled it out of the fridge instead. hey gotta take one for the team um content. here we go uh tasteability i mean if the flavor is spicy it literally the flavor is spicy oh <laughs> um you can taste the spicy uh it's like a 22 but it's a bad taste so yeah take that for what it's worth and then drinkability i mean on one hand i'm already like halfway through it um on the other hand i think it's just gonna make me feel terrible for the rest of the evening and uh so i'm gonna give it a two just like thinking about that is making me feel not great. Let the record show for the listeners that uh, Chris is headed back to California in the morning. So this is our last night of his vacation here in Phoenix, and he is drinking the spicy ranch water. So hey, I'm gonna, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fantastic I, night. On so the I, I'm don't gonna worry. Don't worry. I'm gonna tonight. chase it with a different one. <laughs> when when Cat initially pulled out ranch water, I was thinking like ranch dressing and water mixed together, which like. Jesus but now that you're bringing in spicy ranch water, it sounds yeah, like you spicy wa- ranch went over water, to Wendy's right? and grabbed like some ghost pepper ranch and slapped <laughs> it in a little bottle of Dasani and got stirring. Like, and and that might be still better than whatever Chris is drinking right now, to be honest with you, based on yeah. yeah. I mean, it seems like uh, so I I bartended at a Friday's in Houston after college, and uh, there was a Mexican martini. That people liked that was agave um sweet and sour and then some jalapenos um and it seems like that's what chris is drinking 
um pretty much <laughs> verbatim but with a little bit minus of, the sugar yeah it's yeah got, with a little it's bit of salt got, in it's only got three grams of sugar but it does have some salt in it that's interesting and it is gluten-free so hey, people who want something to mix it up uh who here need go, something Drew. gluten-free it's it's an option which is kind of cool oh did, wait did uh, did you do the drew test uh it, it would pass it's the drew seltzer test water, it's clear. So yes yeah. <laughs> i think uh like last week we were talking about segments. I think it would be a fun segment to all of us try to find the worst drink we could possibly find and come drinking on a pod. So, so for for the listeners, I've Where's never the, seen Chanel blink that, that rapidly at at Cam. Her reaction to that was identical to mine. <laughs> all right, um, I mean, you know, <laughs> Chanel, are you drinking anything for this uh, episode? She yeah, is I not. I don't think so. <laughs> She doesn't need to drink when she's witnessing. No, yeah, this. it's already. Uh... She's. <laughs> we love you, by the way. Um, oh, yeah, uh, no podcast has treated Chanel worse than this one, and still, uh, I think counts Chanel among their friends. So. No, we count her. It's just a matter well, of whether no, she counts we're, us. We're, we're talking different. before the show that it, it's Cam that's the problem. I, it's not me. It's not you, Chris. It, I catch just, like I'm just catching strays out here left and right. Honestly, you Chanel, you caught the strays with your hands though. Like you reached out and grabbed. I them. I think you so, know with, with I don't great know power know comes great responsibility, us. and <laughs> once in a while, great responsibility you gotta let down. <laughs> you know, I'm I, we're working hard over here. We're trying not to lose episodes, but sometimes it happens, and it always seems to be with I, Chanel. <laughs> I think we've I think we've lost four total episodes, and three of them were Chanel. <laughs> it's not. Ideal. We almost lost Chanel's fourth with me. I think the fourth episode you lost was mine, and yep. uh, you almost lost our other one, which is the one that she and I co-hosted as a fun surprise for Chris. Yep. <laughs> so. Um. All right, let's let's do that hockey. Uh, Bruins played today, uh, as of this recording. Um, had a really solid five to one win against the supposedly great Colorado Avalanche. Uh, and any thoughts, folks, on uh, on what the uh, maybe the positives of the Bruins' performance today? Sands, Brad Marchand, and uh, maybe some negatives of that Colorado Avalanche performance. I'm gonna let everyone else talk first, and then I'll. <laughs> I know. Ken then I'll air my air my. I like with that game. I I had internet issues the entire day, so I saw the last ten minutes of the game, you? which was quite literally zero goals, and yet I still came out of that like, fuck yeah, best performance of the season. <laughs> <laughs> That's what everybody was saying online. I was feeling so good. I'm like, yeah, this doesn't really matter. It's a one game stint. Like whatever. You know what I mean? It's it's awesome. I was thinking about it from the Colorado perspective, where it's like. You know what I mean? If you're rolling, you lose one game like that. It's 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 very much the like yeah, just you forget about it, you turn the page, yeah. and next thing. But from the beast perspective, yeah, again, having not seen any of the goals live, only in replay, it's like full sixty minute effort from the boys. Like, yeah, we're back. Like we're not back, but I was feeling way too confident. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Somebody's got to humble me or something. My experience was kind of similar. I like I was catching parts of it. <laughs> So for me, it was kind of that same feeling at the end, though. Like, yeah, what a game. Um, Having missed, like, all but one goal. I I caught the uh, Charlie Coyle goal, which was sick. That fucking goal was awesome. The the bank off the back. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just like, all right, I'm going to try this, and it works. Um, But, yeah, 
solid performance from the bits that I saw. Um, yeah, <laughs> Man, this podcast sucks. Uh, it's great. <laughs> yeah, uh, the the two who did their homework over here, uh, we'll we'll speak on it a little bit. I mean, it, so Pasta had been, you know, he, he'd been super hot and then had a rough like five game stretch. Um, and good to see him kind of get back on the horse today. A couple of like really classic David Pasternak goals, little, little clappers. Um, good to see Patrice Bergeron back healthy and, uh, and scoring as well. And uh, yeah, you know, uh, I, I think some of the, the lines as currently constructed are working. It seemed like even if the Bruins hadn't scored five goals, uh, you're looking at a pretty dominant dominant performance in terms of puck possession, in terms of you know scoring opportunities. I think the shots on goal were like 45 to 20 something. Yeah, it was almost um, 50. Yeah, it was a, a pretty pretty dominant performance all around against a a really solid team after after a couple of shaky performances against the Senators and um, yeah, you know it's it's good to face a test and actually win one finally kind of feels like the Bruins have kind of skated all all year long beating mostly bad teams and then every time there's a big game not really showing up and this was one where it felt like a really important game going into it um anytime you play one of the best teams in the league you want to put up a good performance and this was both a good performance and a good result yeah especially on the not, not that it was right on the heels of it but like wasn't that long ago that they got their shit rocked by Carolina? That was what a week or two ago. Yeah, um, which was kind of a similar one of those like bigger games against a, a top Eastern Conference opponent. Now you get the top of the West, and I think the top team in the NHL right now is Colorado. Um, and yeah, it, it felt like even again, like I just hearing the crowd and and just the way the Bruins were skating in those last ten minutes, even with a four goal lead, just like it felt almost like a playoff atmosphere, which is I think the first time I've seen that. At least in a, in a long time, maybe if not, you know, the entire season for the bees. So that was that was a nice vibe. Yeah, I. Uh, so so we watched the game on mute um, because my TV had a completely normal one and just wouldn't wouldn't play volume, um, which is kind of nice because we only got our commentary on it. Um, we had plenty of commentary going on. It was fun. Yeah, yeah, it was I, uh, I was curious how how the game was going to look with a Jeremy Swayman playing a team that is known for having not just uh not just a lot of good forwards but a lot of good physical forwards who aren't afraid to crash the net and aren't afraid to get like into the dirty areas right around the crease um you, you've got guys like Landis Gog and McKinnon and Rantanen and Nazem Kadri and that's that's a team that's built to kind of like we we stereotype the the Western Conference to be not maybe not so much anymore, but how they've been viewed for a really long time. And uh, and Darcy Kemper uh, is a goaltender who I think for the last ten games has had fewer than two goals against. Um, he's been playing pretty hot off the heels of his four thousandth injury of the year, um, which is good for him. Um, and he he got his shit kicked in this game, which was indicative of a like that's the Darcy Kemper way he plays really well for a while and then he has a game that just just shakes him and you can tell when it shakes him because for the rest of the game if he's not 
essentially having if his defense isn't retrieving the puck for him and carrying it out of the zone like he's gonna allow a rebound goal um case in point with the charlie Coyle one that was i believe a rebound back into the slot and i think it was taylor hall had carried it out towards the high slot passed it over and Charlie Coyle kind of capitalized and banked it in on, on Darcy Kemper's back while he was still on his knees looking a little confused. Um, it was a, I, I kept like, I think Chris eventually came over and like put his hands on my shoulders and sat me down on the couch and was like, you need to breathe. Cause uh, <laughs> I know throughout the course of this year, we, when we talked about it a bit on the, the Tuka Rask podcast, um, people have been a little hypercritical of the the little mistakes that Jeremy Swayman and Lena Zolmark make in particular, if they happen to allow a rebound and their defense doesn't immediately clean it up um, and they get scored on. And I was like, you know what? You want to see a goaltender who actually allows a lot of really sloppy rebounds. Watch Darcy Kemper, never seen a puck that he wanted to hold in his glove. He, he has a, an alarming tendency to let pucks, bounce off his pads, bounce off his gloves. Uh, he, I believe his first year here in Arizona, I was interviewing him and he told me he uses 14 glove and blocker combos a year. Like anytime he starts to feel any break in for it, he trades it in for a new one. Um, Jesus apparently Christ. for, yeah, it's like the opposite and, of my baseball glove experience. <laughs> yeah, it's the opposite of what you I want it to like, just be like game. a newspaper on my hand. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. There, there's people who will take a baseball and they'll essentially, they'll wet their, their glove, they'll, they'll wet their equipment and they'll sort of wrap it around something like a baseball and they'll, they'll let it dry like that. So that it essentially gets that, that break in before the they use it. Yeah. And uh, and Darcy Kemper does the opposite. He really likes to allow the puck back out into play. And when he's playing poorly um, and starts over sliding a little bit, which Bruins fans might recognize from Tuukka Rask's poorer games over the years, um, that's kind of what Kemper does. And it's what he did during this game. I think by about halfway through the second period, he was just constantly out of his crease, on his knees, spending a lot of time flat on his chest um and I was like it was like screaming across the couch at poor Chris here I was like do Bruins fans want to see poor rebound control they're watching it today I just had to let Kat know that I am not bad Bruins Twitter over here (laughs) why are you yelling at me I don't have bad things to say about Jeremy so (laughs) I don't love Darcy Kemper (laughs) It was a, it was a good game to watch for Swayman though because it was. Some people may say, "Oh, he had, a, he had an easy game because he had half as many saves to make as as Darcy Kemper did," but I think he did a good job of keeping the game clean on his end. Like anytime the puck came towards him, he covered it up. He essentially allowed the play to restart at the faceoff dots, which, from a faceoff perspective, the Bruins have a pretty heavy advantage there in terms of their faceoff success rate over the Avalanche. Um, and it it worked it kept the game clean in his end um i think that contributed a little bit to the lopsided shot count you know you had plays stopping with him on the first shot heading back in the other direction with darcy kemper you sometimes got a second or third shot and 
I think it was nice that Bruins fans got to witness that. So, and I'm sure next that's exactly what they noticed about this game. I'm gonna copy and paste uh, Kat's take for mine. Like, that's exactly what I was <laughs> that's thinking. exactly like, how you, felt you know, about I, the game. I couldn't say it better myself. <laughs> <laughs> Just make sure you change a couple of things and, and make sure you change the name of the top of the paper so that yeah, when we, when we edit, report. <laughs> when we edit the podcast, just like put Drew at the top of Pat's <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just have Drew say, I am Drew. I am <laughs> going to talk now. And then <laughs> there you go. Perfect. <laughs> have Cat's take. And now Usually Pat's going to read an essay written by Drew Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Chanel, what do you think? Of these abs, or <laughs> only only make Chanel talk when she wants to talk. Chanel gets to witness this, and she gets to enjoy it. And if she wants to talk, she can. <laughs> hey Drew, do you have any thoughts about hoops fans? Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill, good. Feel the sweat. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NBA team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus minimal agent location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportbook for full list of requirements and state specific responsible gaming resources. Void were prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee. Call or text the TN Redline 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-777. Or visit ccpg.org slash chat in New York call 877-HOPE-NY or text the HOPE-NY 467369. Oh, God. That really takes the wind out of you. There it is. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Wait, wait. Scores. Yeah, that's all I had. I don't know. <laughs> what, that was was that? what was that music? What oh, was so that? we have a stream yard oh, has hear. background music now and they just provide like seven tracks of copyright free <laughs> was that the was that the hetero soft core porn soundtrack yeah the one that like I what did is that one called? Get it. it's was... called the uh between the legs windmill 360 <laughs> yeah exactly 360 the, one I did the ad read is called feeding the ducks um what? and then the one that i just did for the outro for it was rock Wow. Feeding the ducks. Feeding the ducks. I, that is. We'll unpack that later. It's the Trevor um, Zegers soundtrack. Just picture feeding ducks to this. Yeah, I can't hear it. I don't know. It's kind of weird. <laughs> I'll take it. Um. All right. Welcome back, folks. Uh, serious stuff around here. Serious um, stuff. I guess the other thing I can't to talk take about. Take you seriously, looking. Like... <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I think we missed the part on the recording. Yeah, uh, where we did. <laughs> Describe that I my face is uh, painted to be like a cat. Um, shouts to Isabel. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I guess the other thing to talk about is what the Bruins lines currently look like and what they're going to look like when Brad Marchand comes back. Um, because that Trent Frederick, Charlie Coyle, uh, Craig Smith line is kind of firing on all cylinders. Everyone seems to like that, including uh, Bruce Cassidy. Um, Do we have to call that the preteen line? Is that what that's <laughs> going to be now, 11, 12, 13? <laughs> is, <laughs> like, is, that what, is that what people are calling it? I don't that? like it, but it's the only thing I can come up with. Like It's got to be something <laughs> on 11, 12, 13, but you can't just call it the 11, 12, 13 line. So. 11, 12, 13. Yeah, that's boring as hell. And the preteen um, line sounds very not okay. No, so, nope, a little, yeah. little nope. problematic. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to call it, though. It's got to be something based on um, all three of them in a row. You could call them draft. the tens because they're all in the tens, you know that unofficially named. Yeah. Okay. Decade. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, so I guess Bruce Cassidy said after the game that uh, he was really liking that line. So when Marshy comes back, um, that top line, they're gonna have to figure out something else for uh, who's on that top line right wing. Uh, what do you folks think? I think it should be Eric Halla. He looked incredible today. Eric Halla is the second line center. <laughs> Apparently. I, see, that never, whenever that sentence is said, it doesn't sit right with me. I just don't, I'm not comfortable with Halla as the second Honestly, line that, center. Honestly, that, that, just... that, that spot on the roster is the most just like plug in whoever, and it's just yeah, whoever's yeah. riding with, uh, with Pasta and Hall, because those guys are, uh, they, they certainly found something together. That's pretty oh. cool. Sure. That's um, kind of painful to hear no. after years of David Krejci being the other two it, wins. Imagine David Krejci with um, this team right now. Yeah, yeah. that would have been a that would have been a ten-one win over the Avs. Imagine how pretty good sell for pretty good sell for Krejci if he wants to come back next year. Tell him, hey, uh, by the way. This is what the second line's gonna look like. You get you get your fellow countryman David Pasternak, and you get your favorite winger Taylor Hall. Yeah, remember since, that decade? since Jerome McGinley. <laughs> yeah, remember that decade that you were basically told that we'll plug in both of the wings. Well, we just spent a year with two quality wings, and we just plugged in the center. Hey man, here's Surprise. Nick Ritchie. <laughs> uh, excuse like... me, that's that's Arizona Coyote. Yeah. Uh, Nick Ritchie. So that that's that's how good David Krejci was. He made Nick Ritchie look good enough yeah. to sign with the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> following still an year. undercover agent, Big Fudge. That's just that yeah. was all part of the plan. R- recall that uh, when playing on that second line with David Krejci and playing on the top power play, uh, Nick Ritchie put up enough points to sustain a decent season over the course of the entire season, despite having basically no points in the second half. Yeah. We're doing much. That was meaningful. Um, yeah, no, I feel like it's, it's going to be Jake DeBrusque. Try him on that off wing again. I saw people suggesting, I mean, it depends what, when is the, the train like Drake DeBrusque. Are we right? Hey, Oh God. Um, when's the trade? Jakey D don't we have until that? It's gotta be soon. Right. I mean, no. March. Maybe this like, year they eliminate March. It. It's, it's in March. March. Well, I know it's in March. It's, it's in like March. March. It's in the team. March 21st. So you still got a month from oh, today. Oh, it's recording, actually. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. You could throw him up there and really showcase him on the first line. Hope he gets hot. And, you know, I, I'm assuming they're still listening pretty intently on offers for him. But 
Um, I don't know. It seems like a win-win. Maybe he catches a little fire and you can keep around. Or if, you know, you do want to sell him, you sell him while he's high after playing with Bergeron and Marchand for a while. Um, I know there were concerns about kind of playing him back on that right side on his off wing, but I don't know. I feel like, you know, he hasn't really had that opportunity to play with, with elite talents or at least two elite talents for that long. Um, so you throw him with Bergeron and Marchand, you might get something good there. And then if you, you know, you try to sell high what you can. Or you keep him around if it works. Yeah, he yeah. Uh, he played well for a while after his his trade request, and a lot of people were saying like, "Hey, what, what if we just keep him around?" And then he kind of tanked again and had a had a really yeah, rough stretch. Kind of kind of feels kind of feels like he's back uh, doing his Jake DeBrusk thing, where he'll frustrate you for like ten games and then have two or three really great games. You'll be like, "Oh man, this guy's still good." Um, yeah, and I think mm, you just gotta hope that near the trade deadline he's on one of those little stretches yeah i think you can think back to like a couple big like playoff goals he's has especially against toronto and like but that's the thing like there it is and then the rest of the playoffs. i was about to do the same thing (laughs) that's the one yeah The grabbing the spoke B for those of you listening, which is everyone. Yeah, Jake DeBrusque famously loves everything about Boston, plays for the yep. spoke B, would never <laughs> request a trade. Uh, by the way, I, uh, to, to be clear, not against him. players requesting <laughs> trades. Yeah, Honestly, can't blame, him. Can't blame yeah. him. Um, I don't know. Anybody else have any better ideas or different, different – you know, what, what do you think Bruce is going to do? I feel like that makes sense, but it's definitely not the only option. Or is it? <laughs> uh trent frederick (laughs) no uh i i I think yeah i mean jackson nico would be an interesting guy to put up up there just just see see what he can do give him the time like they just don't with their younger players they don't give them enough of that like ice like they'll play them with bergeron and marshawn for like a stretch of games like just try it out if that's like the open slot there because I think in the past they just kind of gave up and were like, okay, let's go back to Pasternak there. Like that's what's working. Um, but now that he's kind of settled on that second line, you know, it worked with Anders Bjork for a bit. Um, you know, there's just like they cycle the young guys there to learn under them and just like kind of fill in that slot because Bergeron Marshawn can make just about anything work. Yeah, if anybody's turning a young player who's I don't, I don't want to say he's underwhelmed, but hasn't quite hit that hit the jets yet around it's it's probably bergeron and marshan right like who else is gonna if anybody's giving them a boost it's gonna be those two so mm-hmm. i don't hate yeah. the idea I mean, I mean, and again i feel like ideally you want to play center but like it right now which is, it feels like it's always the conversation with with stanika whenever like, oh, bergeron, play center but whenever yeah. bergeron goes so stanika is gonna work his way into a center position whether it starts out at third and works his way up or they'll find him at second or first you know, Hala's your first line center. That's what would be happening if we did not have a version. Yeah. Um, I, I guess the, the other option would be to put uh, Nick Felino up there, kind yeah. of a defensively responsible option. He's kind of like put it's the version of putting David Backus up on that top line. No, it's not gonna it's what not gonna give you what if it, positive, but it's not what if it's good. like putting Mark Recchi on that line though? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I want that to be how it is, and then I'll get a Nick Flynn. Um, yeah, I mean I, I think that's the spot where you you can either try somebody out, like Cam was saying, or you can just kind of plug somebody who maybe hasn't lived up to expectations um and maybe try and get them going a little bit or just somebody who's not going to kill you up there. Um, 
and and I guess like there there are several other options. Like you could put Stanika second line center and see what happens there, and maybe move Eric Hall up to the top line right wing. Uh, as much as we said it was plug and play and uh, plug in whoever on that second line, I, I have kind of liked you know some of the stretch passes and and things that Eric Hall has been able to to do. Like we've seen a couple of a couple of plays that Pasternak or Hall really finished off, but it was Eric Halla who kind of started the whole thing. Um, so I do think he's been pretty good in that spot and much better than I would have expected. So I'm not eager to remove him from that situation, but I do kind of feel like this is sandbox time where, you know, there isn't much room for movement for the Bruins. Like they're not going to, get into those top three spots and really carve out a spot for themselves in in the playoffs. And they're also barring a major collapse, not going to miss the playoffs. So you kind of got room for experimentation and and seeing what Jackson Nika can do on that second line with two just elite wingers would be, I mean, you'd find out a lot about him if you gave him, gave him a little leash on there. It's a good point. You're kind of playing in like, pre postseason, if that makes sense, where you're kind of, you have that flexibility to play around a little bit. And yeah, I mean, it's going to take something special for this team to make a run right now, unless you really add some crazy shit, to the deadline, which I would be a little surprised about. Um, so you, you're looking for something that'll catch fire and that you might build a ride for a while is, is pretty much the best shot you got. I think so play around a little bit, I guess. Yeah. And I, I think trying studs up there would, be a worthwhile experiment. Copy paste. Copy paste. <laughs> copy paste. <laughs> the copy paste podcast. Was like, Kat or Chanel got any thoughts on the lines? Yeah, same. For sure. Same time. Same. Chanel nodding in agreement. Um, anybody she else start got pretending anything? to have Chanel all the time? She's like, yeah, yeah, Chanel agrees. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Oh, speaking of, yeah, new segments, uh, get Chanel's thoughts. <laughs> Chanel, any thoughts? No? Okay. She's still deciding if it's worth, like, proving that she's here or not. And she didn't say, she said thank you. Yeah. She's, she's, maybe it's revenge. Like, maybe it's revenge. Like, we're now losing it's her voice <laughs> from the recording. Like, <laughs> yeah. know, we've lost it again. Fighting fire, fire. I respect it. Uh, Drew, you want to pull up uh, Twitter questions unless anybody else has got anything urgent to talk about? I actually have the questions up if you want me to trip through them. Yeah, yeah go Damn, for it. Go for it. Um, questions. I was trying to pronounce Rob's name again this week. I was like bored at work and I was like, he, and he tweeted something at us and I was like, Schlosser, 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 Rob Schlosser. It's not Schlosser. There's, still, there's two, it's something about the, the Schloss. I can't, I like it. Yeah. He goes by Schloss. 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 Just add an er at the end of that word. Schlosser. Anyway, Rob Schlosser at rschloss33. Three guys have rotated the second A, meaning the A versus the captain or alternate captain on their sweater. Those three have been Carlo Pasternak and McAvoy. If you had time to give it, or you had to give it to one full time, who would your choice be? So between Carlo, McAvoy, and Pasternak, who would you give the A to? I already know Chris is going to say Brandon Carlo, of course. Sorry, Brandon Scorlo. 
Um, Brandano Scorlo. Yeah, I feel like for me it's got to be McAvoy, but I don't know. Does anybody have any opposing thoughts? I get arguments for Pasta. I, I do kind of get the arguments for Carlo, but I, I think especially uh, in the the southwestern United States corner over there, uh, we might have some more arguments against that. But uh, I feel like McAvoy is kind of the – obviously he's young and he's kind of the leader of the defense. And, and you know, I feel like he's already kind of labeled as that next guy that you're building the franchise around. So I feel like slapping an eye on him nice and early is a, is a good kind of tip of the cap and nod to that and kind of just saying, hey, we're with you and, you know, you're our guy. And, yeah, we have – we have Bergeron, just like Bergeron had Chara, but mm-hmm. you're our guy. So that's yeah. Yeah, I definitely. I think it's just uh, like he's going to be your leader, whether or not he wants to or not. Like he's going to be the face of the <laughs> franchise. He's going to get the C eventually. Like, but it, I mean, I don't think, it, especially in the Bruins organization, it, it, you know, Cassidy, like he's not going to get that unless he earns it. And it seems like he's earning it. And uh, the I love seeing Carlo at the A2 because I think that speaks to, you know, how much of a leader he might be on that team. I think, I don't know, that's something that you don't really always get to see. I think in the past, too, I've been surprised. Like, wow, that player is getting an A for tonight because, you know, so-and-so's injured, probably Krejci's injured. Um, but I think it just speaks to then, you know, oh, okay. I guess they're kind of considered a leader in that room, too. Um, but yeah, I think it's got to be McAvoy. He'll eventually wear the C. Maybe even next. The only other person I could think of is Marshawn wearing it, but I don't know if they give it to the current state. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to tough to give your captaincy to a guy who's just kind of like a general jackass. But uh, I mean, Gabriel Landeskog has uh, has a C. So um, yeah, I don't know. I I don't... Since he was like twenty two. <laughs> yeah. The that's always interesting to me is when they're just like, oh, you're a good player who's young and he's going to be around for a while. So we're just going to give you the C right away. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I don't have any hot takes about this. I think, I think probably agree with you guys that, that McAvoy is the, the easy choice there, but I will say it was really cool seeing pasta wearing it today. You know, like every time I see him wearing it, I'm like, yeah, that, that fits. I like that. I'm definitely not um, an anti-Pasta guy. I feel like on a lot of teams, especially if you carved out a David Pasternak world, he would have it. I feel like the Bruins are just one of those teams that has kind of an abundancy of options there, which is interesting. It's, yeah, I, it's like, I think Pasta Pasta having the C is like the Ovechkin C. Like, he it, if he gets it down the line and like becomes one of the greatest scorers in Bruins history, no one's going to blink twice. But, you know. I think it, I, you got to give it to him, even if it's just for like a night sometime, because just like the uh, at the All Star game where he had the he had the C and was telling the ref that he has the C, <laughs> that so was he, awesome, he's allowed man. to talk to him. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the thing about pasta, I guess the thing about the captaincy in general is that you don't really know unless you're. I guess that's one of the cliches, but like unless you're in the locker room, it's kind of hard to know who the real leaders are. Exactly, and because they're all going to tell you, Oh yeah. Yeah. That guy's a great team guy. Unless like absolute jackass and they want him out of town, but no, no, unless they're Tony D'Angelo. <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> unless you're getting punched by backup goalies. Uh, <laughs> it's so it, it's hard to know. Like I, looking from the outside, uh, Pasternak seems like kind of a, just a goofy dude and sometimes laid back attitudes and not, you know, not being totally serious about everything can kind of rub people the wrong way. 
and maybe from the outside can look like a person who doesn't have leadership qualities, but also who knows what he's really like in the locker room with other people. I mean, he seems to be extremely well-liked. He seems to be the type of dude who's keeping everybody loose and obviously a really important cog in that machine. Um, so maybe he is the right kind of guy to have the C yeah. um, or I, I guess the, the A at the, at this time, but like the C in the future. Um, so it, yeah, it's tough to know, but I, I mean, from the outside, Charlie McAvoy seems to have all of the qualities you want in a leader and especially kind of the, the passing of the torch from Chara kind of seems like a, you know, the diagonal line from, from yeah. him to, to Bergeron, like just defensively a responsible stoic leader kind of, kind of players. Stallion. Pasta's, pasta's like the, the Phil Esposito. Um, yeah. <laughs> then, All right. Um, that means Bergeron. No, I'm trying to connect with the dots. That means Bergeron think... is like Johnny Busick, which means Bergeron cooks like a Bergeron burger. serving burgers to Drew. <laughs> no, yeah. to my to, by association to the next generation <laughs> to Charlie McAvoy. Who's <laughs> in this place, Drew? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I mean sometimes sometimes guys don't necessarily want it. Not not that they don't. If they were asked, they would say no. But sometimes, I mean, it's not even just who's the leader in the locker room. It's who wants to be the public figurehead for the leadership group. Because, I mean, each team has their their public face of the leadership group, which is usually the captain. And then they have their, their alternates, who are usually the ones that are doing more of the quiet groundwork within the locker room and within practice and whatnot. And, I mean, I know just from being around practice day to day, like the Coyotes had when Nick Jalmerson came to town, uh, he very much was not interested in the captaincy. It wasn't something that he wanted to have. It wasn't something that he was willing to take on, even as an interim role moving into the next captain. It was, but he was by far the, the voice that, most of the players were listening to the most. And then there was the one that answered to the press conferences and the essentially the face of, of the team's leadership group. And Jalmerson wanted no part of that. Um, and you see that on other teams too. Um, there are guys who are very quietly the, the face of the leadership group and they're not the ones that, that want it necessarily. They don't want that additional not just pressure and responsibility, but that that additional placeholder within the team. And it seems like something that would be more Charlie McAvoy's vibe than what Pasternak would want to do. Cause he would have to, he wouldn't have to be more serious, but there would, he'd have more, more criticism, whether right or not uh, when he was a little goofier. Um, I think, I think it would be a better fit seeing McAvoy, but I, I don't know. I would personally make Derek Forbert. I was going to say, give it to, give, it to, give it to Jake DeBrus. <laughs> I mean, if, if it were, if I had my druthers, it would go to Mike Riley. Of course. That is an interesting point, though, Kat. Like, I mean, like, I'm just thinking, like, like from lower, very lower levels that I've played at, like, 
club hockey growing up, college, juniors, even like there's kind of it's it's kind of like I feel like within the locker room, it's fairly obvious who the leaders are because it's all hockey based. It's you know who are the guys that are going out there leading in practice, or it's, it's a very much like at least in locker rooms that I've been in, it's very much lead by example, right? Those are the guys that you know who in the locker room is like kind of those leaders that you sort of look up to and that sort of thing. But in a league like the NHL, it is different because there is such that like front facing like almost customer service role if you will where you're 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 taking on that hockey aspect but then there's a whole other aspect where it's the the public view and and obviously you know the nhl being the the biggest league in the world the most watched there's so many eyes on you in in a different way than you know you would be in in college or in junior so even guys who maybe might have been you know traditional leaders on the ice or in the locker room growing up it's a totally different role when you're the face of a franchise like that so that's an interesting thing to consider. And I feel like that's sort of where I feel like we kind of all were like in that weird nuance with the whole McAvoy versus Pasternak. Like I think Pasternak is a leader in that room. And I feel like, especially for those younger guys who, you know, can, can come in there and be like, this is a guy who is still young, but like has obviously got it and does all the right things to like have carved out a, an all-star NHL career already. And, and a lot of those guys probably want to model parts of their game or their work ethic after him he still has that kind of very jovial and laid back mentality. And I think there is room for that. Um, but I think especially in a sport like hockey and, you know, not that the, the Bruins are the most like old guard, fuck you, Drew. Uh, but seeing, seeing like players like McAvoy across the league kind of get that role that players like Pasternak probably wouldn't. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just feel like it's it's more cookie cutter for somebody like McAvoy to get it in the league. And if if there's something like that in the NHL, you usually bet on it. So copy paste. <laughs> I don't know. Are we still I, I stepped yeah. out for a second so I didn't hear the quite the new question. Yeah. Uh, let's let's move on to the next question. Does anyone have Cam- the next question? Yeah, <laughs> right, I forgot I had him up. Um, well, Schloss also asked about the Frederick the Coyle Smith line, which we already talked about. Yeah, um, we did that. The only other question I'm seeing is from well socialized and normal, normal account at Berserker. Uh, and it appears Uh-oh. to be a Pokemon question. In Sinoa's Moo Moo Milk Cabin Cafe on Route 210, why do they have a stove and toaster behind the counter when all they sell is bottles of Moo Moo Milk? <laughs> um, no, I haven't gotten see, there. So I, I, I read that it. earlier, and that's my favorite question that we've gotten in a while. Just because, like, I mean, You're why welcome. do they? That's like, the, that's like, a good point. That, that, the milk, only possible thing is like, if it, if it were for the employees while they're taking a break. Yeah, like a kitchen. Just make kind some of thing. toast. Yeah. You know, or just, just make yourself some toast. toast. Yeah. That's all you get. Maybe. That's the benefits. Good call. Um, Patrick Laverty at P Laverty twenty four asked. About what? Drew said questions, question mark, and Pat said about what? And Drew responded with one ice skate yeah, photo. I, I learned, I would say I learned how to skate uh, this weekend, but it was more like I learned that I know how to skate this weekend. Oh, because nice. I haven't we like, tried skating in like 10 years, or probably, honestly probably more than that. And I've skied my entire life, and I've like rollerbladed, like yeah. a good amount too Same and it's shit. just a, com- a combo of the both so when i got out there though i was like you know i haven't really tried skating in a while and then it, it just felt natural from there after those like 
that experience. So I was really like, yeah, we got to go. I, we kind of missed pond hockey season, Cam. It's late. It's no, it's coming late. back. We're in we're in fools fools spring right now in Maine. It's gonna get to like back down to like ten degrees for another month. Just give it uh, give it like a, a sweet week. summer child. You think it's gonna summer, Drew? Yeah, no, it's gonna hit literally like sixty something degrees here in Maine, which is the warmest we've had in a long time on Thursday. And the next day we're gonna get like like That's right, Cam, snow. So. Cam's Cam's <laughs> pretty good. tight with a meteorologist. Yeah, so. don't worry, I got some connections. Don't worry it's about the it. Year of the year of false here, spring. But... Yeah, winter is coming. No, we're gonna um, get some fresh snow for the ski soon, so it's gonna be nice. Chanel, not to put you on the spot, but you met the Boston Pride. How was that? Uh, um, it was funny. Uh, I couldn't even wait. I don't even know if I've even talked about this yet. If there wasn't a lost episode or not, I don't even know what time of life that was when that happened. Um, I was sober. Mal was not when I met him. <laughs> Let's go. Um, Question I my hope favorite. that's not doxing or that. No, Mal, Mal, came, Mal came on this podcast sober. and drank a 32-ounce crowler of beer. So, yeah. yeah. Nah, she's the best. No, it was it was insane. Um, I found out she was there because the Bruins, like, panned to the suite they were in, and they were like, it was like hockey's for everyone night. Um, and then she DM'd me because she saw a post of mine and was like, you're here too. And I was like, yeah, like, where are you? And then, um, she told me where she was, but she was like, not consistently messaging me back. And so eventually I just like went to her suite, um, and it was like loitering outside like a fan. Um, and it was really embarrassing because two other players were like also waiting to get in with their food that they just bought and so they were like what the hell are you doing outside here and then when the door opened i just went in um and then somebody in there who i'm sure is an important person but i didn't know who she was she's like so like are you here for like a photo like what are you here for and i was like oh i'm i'm here to see mal and as soon as i said that she was like i don't even know where the hell she was like across the room not even that big a room like turn around she's like oh my god Chanel and like everybody started laughing because they had heard the conversation between me and like whoever was with like with me um and yeah it was hysterical she was drunk she talked to my niece it was really funny she my niece is she just turned six that day it was her birthday and um she was trying so hard to get to the bathroom but Mal was like asking her a billion questions um (laughs) It was really funny. I felt so bad for her. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, it's your birthday. Like, that's so cool. Like, you're having fun at the game. Like, just, and my niece, like, she's, she's, she's had, like, I think a good chunk of her life, obviously, in, in pandemic times. She doesn't meet a ton of new people, but um, that was, um, she's also just kind of used to drunk people as well. So I feel like it's a very normal interaction. She got her. on the pod. Yeah, yeah, she did. She got on the pod. Um, her and Izzy would have a great. I was gonna time say together. That would be the best. Episode. Maybe they'll host the next one. Yeah, yeah, maybe <laughs> the most coherent episode. Probably. Yeah, um, she's got some spicy takes. She plays. She plays hockey a little bit. Um, yeah, she's she's nuts. But she was trying so hard just to get to the bathroom in the little suite that we were in, and now like just would not let her go. And I was too. Them. And I felt too bad to be like, can you like, like 
Can you help the six-year-old with a very small bladder? Yeah, and she she was living her best life. Like I don't think she could have kept. She was at a Bruins game, but like we had it catered and everything, so she was like hella spoiled that night. Um, (laughs) So I can't imagine having a better sixth birthday if that were me. That's Um, amazing. And the game itself was pretty intense. Um, And the revenge game is on Thursday, so. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really not looking forward to that for a lot of reasons, but of course it's the game that uh, Marshy comes back for, so it will be a beat down. Can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> can't wait. <laughs> can't wait. Hell yeah, you heard it. Everyone who's there, hit up Chanel for photo ops. Yeah. <laughs> I won't be there. And catering. Thank you. <laughs> I won't be there. It's in Seattle. Um, mm. I entertained... I entertain going, but you know, I don't want to fly to watch them lose. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then it's a lot of pressure you're putting on. Yeah. Anybody else got anything? Head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Knees and toes. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Knees and toes. <laughs>